everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> I'm Victor. I'm Max. And I'm Kitty, and this is our weekly podcast, Hounds of Horror, where we get together and talk about movie things, sometimes with other podcasters. Sometimes. Sometimes, like... Bill Van Vagel. (gasps) Oh, boy. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to be on after our fiasco of the last (laughs) half an hour. (laughs) Just to pull the veil back for everybody, we had technical disasters that we have never dealt with before. Now we've successfully overcome that. It's going to be an amazing (laughs) episode. I can't wait. This morning while I was doing my walking before work, I was listening to your last episode. I have lists of suggestions for you guys. (laughs) I've got all kinds of prep work done. (laughs) I am ready to rock with a movie that I'm excited to talk about. Excellent. One real quick question. Is your list of suggestions suggestions on how we can be better at what we do? No, (laughs) no, no. Not a comment, commentary on your abilities. Okay. More of last episode, you guys were talking about found footage film. Oh, okay. Oh my, yes. And so (laughs) I got a couple of them here that if you have or haven't seen, I thought would be a perfect addition to your viewing pleasure. Oh. So I'm sure you guys have seen As Above, So Below. We did. We did. We actually did that one on one of our earliest episodes. That was the top first ten, I think. Okay. And you guys have probably seen The Visit. No. No. I think we have. Maybe not. The Visit is well worth a watch. Okay. Um, Ganji Jum Haunted Asylum. Ooh, I have heard of that. I have not, but it sounds it scary. Is a good one. Uh, and there's the Creep movies, Creep One and Two. Have not seen those. No, those oh, Mark Duplass. Oh, excellent films. They're on Netflix. You can find them. <laughs> Watch them when the kids are in bed in the dark. It's freaky. It's funny. It's well worth. It. Both of them are well <laughs> worth watching. Awesome. And there's one. And there's one called Afflicted. 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 Afflicted about uh, guys in their, I forget, their mid-twenties, and they, I can't remember where they go, but they go abroad traveling, and one of them gets afflicted with something, and he slowly changes into something. Oh, my. Okay. That could be fun. So, Mm -hmm. if you are trying to delve into your, like, I'm like you guys. I'm not a found footage person. Like, to me, the paranormal activities. My wife loves them. They do nothing for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know, like you see things swing at night and somebody's standing over a bed. Who gives a crap? I don't care. <laughs> yes. But some, every once in a while, a good one comes along. And the problem with me is you got to watch so much of the junk to get to the good stuff. Yes. So um, that's, those were just a couple of things. I'm sure your listeners will probably inundate you with emails of others. <laughs> All three of them. I yes. wouldn't be so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> Half of our listeners are my friends who don't even watch horror movies. Oh, this so. is actually a good segue. Um, 
<laughs> I should get a segue. I feel like I'm the only one that does segues. Speaking of actual good movies, <laughs> what movie did you pick for tonight, Bill? Yes, there we go. So for tonight, enough rambling with this. The movie I chose, it was funny, was because Kitty said to me, Bill, it's your choice. And I went with one that I hadn't seen for a while, but I keep coming back to because it's a fun film. And that is 1974's hammer film, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. Yes. Yes. So uh, we will get into talking about that in just one second. I wanted to have Bill tell us a little bit about his podcast. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, absolutely. Well, I got into this game about two and a half years ago. And I first started listening to it because I getting into it because I was late into the podcast game. I knew you had to download stuff and I just couldn't be bothered. And I found this <laughs> podcast called Land of the Creeps. And Land of the Creeps had a really great host and some great co-hosts. And I used to email the host of Land of the Creeps, Greg Amortis, you know, suggestions, similar kind of what I just did with you guys. And eventually he just said, Bill, why don't you just damn well come on the show? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So I came on the show one year for the best of 2019 movies, and I just have been there two and a half years later. Wow. They couldn't get rid of me. Cool. And so <laughs> Land of the Creeps is a show that's usually between four to six hours every two weeks. We just today released our Godzilla episode, and it's five hours and 36 minutes. Oh, I'm going to oh, be listening goodness. to that. Yeah. So if you've got a shift at work, this will pretty much get you through a shift at work. <laughs> Can I listen to and, it while I do this podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> and we cover everything from fairy tales to torture porn. Oh, we my. are everything in all-inclusive science fiction, uh, supernatural, found footage, uh, our next episode are the movies of Lon Chaney Sr. Oh, so we'll go from 1910 all the way to 2021. Wow, that sounds we'll excellent. Co we'll cover everything and anything oh. in between. It's very interactive. Doctor Shock Dave Becker is the other co-host. Greg Morton, Greg Amortis, or Greg Morgan, Greg Amortis is the main host. It's been his running since 2012. Wow. We are listened to all over the world, but somehow I think it's just within my little sphere. <laughs> and the other podcast I'm a co-host of most of the time is called Phantom Galaxy with my good friend Nathan Bartlebaugh, where he became a listener to Land of the Creeps and we got on really well. And then he asked me if I wanted to be a co-host again. I'm on two co-hosts and I've never actually asked once to be a co-host. <laughs> and initially I put him off because... I already had enough on the go, but I said, you know, he kind of roped me into saying, you know, just do a couple episodes here and there and see. And and that was in August. So I've been doing that since August. So I've got two on the go. <laughs> Each week I watch between 15 and 20 movies. Wow. Uh, last week I watched 16. I watched 12 Godzilla films because our Godzilla one's coming out now. Yeah. And I watched four for Phantom Galaxy. So... I watch a lot. I'm also a sports fan. I've been watching March Madness. I watch NHL hockey. Base I did two baseball drafts in the last two nights. And I'm a dad to a five-year-old and a, a wonderfully beautiful and intelligent wife. And I have zero spare time. Yeah. I'm a teacher. <laughs> and as a teacher, the rules are changing weekly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one week we're doing one thing. We've already had our March break pushed to, uh, to April. 
And we're hoping it doesn't get pushed again. So I love podcasting. I'm very enthusiastic about horror. I'm very enthusiastic about sci-fi, fantasy. I I am known as watching anything. Yeah, I will literally watch anything at least for twenty minutes. <laughs> if I make it twenty, if I make it, if I make it twenty minutes, I make it through the entire episode. So or uh, entire movie. So I have a twenty minute rule. If I get twenty yeah. minutes in, I got to watch the whole thing. That's there fair. are some that yeah. you just have to shut off before that twenty minute mark, though. It, it, oh, there are. <laughs> like some of them, you get, you go. I think I could do better effects makeup than that. Then yeah. I'll pretty much stop. Yeah. I mean, sometimes but. if you cut your face shaving, you have better effects makeup than a lot of horror movies, but... That's it, and that's authentic. <laughs> it is. So, uh, what grade do you teach? I teach grades one to three. Okay. Ooh. So, I'm I'm the teacher that doesn't have his own classroom, but goes around to the teachers each time they need their break. Oh. So, I don't have my own class, but I teach 133 students. Wow. wow. Okay. Interesting. That was more people so, in my entire graduating class. so it's it's a great job i'm you know getting into teaching is something you do as a choice you don't go in because it's just willy-nilly i love it it's stressful at times it's wonderful at times but i love podcasting because during this pandemic it's really gotten a lot of people through a lot of rough times including your listeners and you guys and it's an escape and i would watch horror movies regardless and i did for 46 years yeah are we going to get into Okay. You want to do? You, do you want to guys want to intro the movie, or would you like me to intro the movie? Uh, why don't you intro you the go movie? Ahead. Yeah. All right. I'll get right away from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Captain Chronos Vampire Hunter is a 1974 film that I first watched a couple of years ago. We did an episode exclusively on Line of the Creeps of 1974 movies, oh. where in a two-week span, I watched 50 movies. Wow. Oh my God. In, in, in a two-week span. And this is one of those that I came across. And I don't know how familiar you guys or your audience are with the film company Hammer. I, I read a little bit about it doing some research for this movie, but um, I didn't get that far into their history. <laughs> Hammer Productions is a British film company that's been around since the 40s. They first started doing movies about radio plays. And they like Day of the Triffids, that sort of thing. But they did a lot of serial crime. They did a lot of science fiction-y kind of stuff. But they really became known on the map for three things. Boobs, blood, and, and monsters. That's the big three. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the big three. And... But mainly, it's the it was Christopher Lee's The Horror of Dracula. Oh, right. yeah. I, that was a great movie. And then uh, uh, Christopher Lee also did Frankenstein. And so, the first of Frankenstein in 57, The Horror of Dracula in 57, and he did The Mummy in 1959. From there, the vampire films ramped up. You got films they got into cultish films the devil rides out if you guys haven't seen it is a really good film uh you guys in your last episode were talking about zombie films and ones that you may necessarily haven't seen there's one called the plague of the zombies that's good the curse of the werewolf with oliver reed at their peak in the mid to late 60s they were very very strong hmm. but by the early to mid 70s the american slashers got in there right uh, the right. more the more the more graphic sexuality got in there. Hammer was known for its gothic, old school horror, and it was kind of getting lost in the shuffle. 
So this one is, I consider, probably their last big quality film. They did go out of business a few years after this came out, didn't they? They did. And they've reinvigorated themselves and somebody rebought it. Ooh, wow. But it's not, it's not quite to the same level. I wouldn't say to the same level. They've got more money, but it doesn't have the output or the quality that it did. Like at, at its peak, Hammer was was pounding them out. Yeah. And and if you guys ever, one of my go-tos, if I got nothing to watch, I'll go to a Hammer film because they're very well slickly done. They're nice to look at. Yeah. Uh, if you like women in uh, heaving bosoms, there's lots of that. <laughs> but in, like actresses like Ingrid Pitt, Barbara Steele, the Collison twins, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Oliver yeah. Reed. They made a living. Every British actor, Michael Ripper. Michael Ripper was in, God knows, 75 of them. And he's always like bartender, <laughs> cop number two. You know, but so Hammer films are great. And Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, 1974. I always go to the IMDb and it's it's terrible. It says, <laughs> a master swordsman and former soldier and his hunchback assistant hunt vampires. <laughs> well... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the basic gist of it, I guess. That is uh, it, that is it boiled down to its most basic form. Uh -huh. That's that's the 13-year-old's version. So. <laughs> why, why don't we go with what do you, what were your guys' initial impressions before you had even seen it? The fact that I chose this film. My first impression when I heard Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, I was picturing something out of Marvel, you know? Like Captain America. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about this. And then I realized he was a military captain and it made a little more sense for the time. But um, that was my first impression. I was expecting something space agey. Like, I was expecting, like, futuristic sci-fi, like, in tinfoil suits, like, <laughs> hunting alien vampires. Uh, more than anything, I was interested <laughs> to watch something that... At this point, to date, will be the oldest movie we've done, and I'm excited to, to go back and watch something, was excited to go back and watch something that was going to be a precursor to everything else we've done. That's nice. And the thing about Hammer is once you kind of get in that rabbit hole, you can get lost in it. Yeah. And I think you guys, when you start to focus on this area of filmmaking, this time frame or this company, you can do three months worth of episodes. Yeah. yeah, very easily. Just on Hammer. Yeah. I mean, very I've easy. seen so many old films with Peter Cushing in them, and I, all I can think is of Gov Governor Tarkin from Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've seen so many with him. I mean, they were old films, but they were good and creepy and yeah. morbid. and Yeah. And the, the beauty of Peter Cushing is, regardless of the budget, regardless of the parameters of the film, he gave it his all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He did. So, Captain Kronos was directed by Brian Clemens, and I really didn't know anything about him. And I looked him up. This is the only film he ever directed. Interesting. Oh, wow. He did an episode of, uh, I'm just looking it up now. He did an episode of a television show. But other than that, he didn't do any other directing. And he was a writer. Okay. A lot. A TV writer on such things as The Avengers. Uh, on the new Avengers, uh, Highlander 2. So Highlander oh. 2, he wrote that. <laughs> uh, you might not want to. <laughs> but he is still writing. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a film or a play 
that's in pre-production called On the Edge of Darkness. Ooh, so he's, yeah. pro- he's probably an older guy. I would assume I, so. I would think so. Even if he was 20 when this came out, he's he's getting up there a little bit. Yeah. 60s. Yeah. I mean, my guess is he was probably in his mid-20s. Because the other thing Hammer was known for is they do things on the cheap. Yeah. And try to stretch the buck. So they probably got a young up-and-coming kind of guy. Yeah. Did it. Which is I really usually great, try to so. pass the buck, but mm, to me. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it stars Horst Jensen. He was and in a was lot looking, of German films. He was <laughs> a lot of German, a lot of German, and barely any English. Yeah. A couple, but not not of anything. Like most times, I look them up and I can find a film or two or a TV show. I couldn't find anything I knew. Yeah, the I, the only thing I saw with him that I thought I recognized was Fliegenlernen, which I think is German for learning to fly. Um, he was kind of like an older age uh, Till Schweiger a little bit. Yeah, little. Is he? Is that? Is this movie overdubbed or is that his actual? I think that's his actual speaking voice. Yeah. Okay. No, well, here, but here's here's the here's the actual thing. They shot the whole thing with Jansen. And the producer, or the I think it was the studio head at the time, didn't like the movie, didn't like his voice, and it's all overdubbed. No kidding. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yes. I would never have guessed really that. really good job. Like- the, the, studio, the studio head's name was Michael Carreras, and he didn't like it, and he had Jansen's lines redubbed, and it wasn't released for another two years. Hmm. Wow. That's kind of got to be a slap in the face if you're Horst yeah. Jansen. Yeah, uh, the the other actress I'll get to in a moment, Caroline Monroe, didn't even know if or when the film was getting released. <laughs> oh my god! It was just sitting kind of in director's hell, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, she was and still is quite lovely. Oh, I'll get to her in a moment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also stars John Carson, who had been in Doctor Who, the TV show, uh, the TV show Poirot, and Doomsday. I don't know if you guys ever saw Doomsday, but he was in that. I did not. Oh, I, yes, uh, I did. Um, yeah, I remember him from that. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bryant. And Paul Bryant was in another Hammer film, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, who it, it's not a great it's not a great one, but the guy that played Frankenstein was the guy that played Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, that's in, good. In okay. that film. Uh, Prouse. Yeah. Yeah. Prouse. Uh, David Press, yeah, and he was also in Lady Chatterley's Lover, but he's in, he's got all, he's another one of these you'll find with these British films. Once you're kind of in the club, you play a lot. So like you're in all the Carry On films, all the Hammer films, EastEnders, Coronation, like they work a lot. So a lot of these guys work in a lot of the films, and then we get to Miss Vava Voom, Caroline Monroe. Mm-hmm. Who, if you've seen her hip shake in the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, the Harryhausen film? Mm. Oh, oh, I like. It. I, yeah. I, I, I think I'm getting a leg cramp. <laughs> yeah, but she was also in the Spy That Loved Me. She was in um, Joe D'Amato's Maniac, and she was in another one that I really like, Doctor Fives Rides Again. I saw those on her list, and also on John Cater's list. Um, he was. Uh... What was he? Superintendent Waverly or something like that? Hmm. What, yeah, and the... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. Uh, was Caroline Carla? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, she yeah, played Caroline, Caroline, yeah, Caroline Monroe is... Like, to this day, she's still around. I don't know that she acts a lot, but, like, she's still, you know, within the British film industry. Mm-hmm. And the last actor in it that I knew of was Ian Hendry. 
Ian Hendry is a character actor from Britain that was in some pretty big films. He was in Polanski's Repulsion. He was in the original Get Carter. And he was in the other one that I was thinking of uh, showing for you guys, which is my favorite Vincent Price film, Theater of Blood. Ooh. Okay. Well, if it's got Vincent Price in it, I'll watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Theater of Blood is... I won't give it in. Just watch it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so what did you, what do you, what did you think of the cast, Kat? Uh, so I, I really liked, uh, the guy that played Grost. He was, oh, Grost. yeah, Yeah. he, uh, I think was probably my favorite out of everybody in it. Um, and Caroline was absolutely stunning. Um, Mm. those, big freaking eyes oh my goodness <laughs> you could row a canoe across those eyes <laughs> wait is that flattering it's not as flattering out loud as it was in my head it, were they even blue? They're, they're they're big pools of water i guess is what i meant but anyway um please continue <laughs> so you're you, you're you're a, a canadian oarsman going through the lakes <laughs> that's right yep the, the the beautiful deep blue lakes of her eyes that's what i meant <laughs> <laughs> and, and funny story with carolyn monroe doing some research on the film she didn't want to show any nudity. Yes, she did. And it, <clears throat> and it came to that scene where it's in the barn and what have you, which we'll get to. She actually used, I don't know, was it electrical tape attached to her breast because her hair hung down low to make sure you didn't see more than you should. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because the film is restricted. But she said, I was born a little too late in the 50s. She liked the imagination as opposed to just showing. Right. Well, I mean, there's... A lot to go for that too. Yeah. So yep. And there's very creative use of shadows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. All right. So I guess let's get into the beginning of the movie here. Unless uh, Vic, do you have your uh, phobia? Yeah. No, I don't. Okay. All right. Sanguifobia. We're just gonna. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess be like some type of hemophobia, probably uh, some maybe some phobia during having to do with blood. <laughs> um. So we start off our movie with. Anne and what was her name? I don't know. Vanda. <laughs> I think they say it at some point later. Um, they make some comment about Isabella and Vanda or something. Oh, maybe. I thought Vanda was the second victim, but I thought her name was Vampire Fodder. But <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to point out Anne's ankles were showing. Oh my! That was very risque. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so they're sitting next to the river and. Uh... Uh, Vanda or whatever her name is is brushing her hair and looking into a mirror and her first comment is isn't this just sinful (laughs) and Anne's like let's get decadent (laughs) yeah (laughs) Anne's like what are you talking about and she's like well vanity it's a sin I'm I'm sinning (laughs) foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) but pretty good actually it's not super obvious no (laughs) but Anne, Anne, yeah Anne runs off to gather flowers to put in vanda's hair Mm -hmm. and she hears a and um (laughs) it was a little more pronounced than that but she comes back to find well wait her dad rolls up doesn't he that's when we find out what happened to vanda yeah she's just standing there. Anne's like stricken with terror i guess yeah and her dad is riding a horse past and sees her and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I don't know why they thought that, uh, I guess, I I mean, I don't think they were hiding. I guess they just went out by the lake to just chill and brush their hair. By the and lake? Talk. 
by like the river. Stream. It was a stream at best. Stream. <laughs> You're giving it more credit than Stu, okay? <laughs> and he, he just rides by and for some reason he notices that she's standing still and that's weird, I guess. So he gets off to go and talk to her. Well, she doesn't answer him either. Oh, that's yeah. true. He does call her name a couple times. But then he finds Vanda and a little blood spatter on her vanity mirror. And her and she, face is all... She's about 167 years old. Yes. Yeah. Roughly. But we also didn't mention the fact that there was somebody in a cloaked... Oh, oh yeah. Right. I mean, I guess we should cloaked have mentioned figure. what happened to, to Vanda. I'm trusting you to keep the the... The line of events here, Bill. God help oh, you. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to overstep my <laughs> No, no. That's when you pick the movie, it's your job. You're the captain of this ship. God help you. Oh, Isn't it like a joke, but that's actually our rule? Whoever is. picks the movie, they're supposed to keep us on track. During- <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that we're a bunch of drunken toddlers. No, I'm going to soon like start talking about my trip of the woods. blood on a mirror. So, yeah, she does stop and gets very. Uh, she turns around because she hears a twig snap next to her and says, oh, you're back already? And then smiles and she seems nervous at first and then smiles and, and oh, yeah, she gets mesmerized. And, and then she stands up and that's when we hear the, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's, when she first like went from nervous to mesmerized, I thought it might be Gambit, but it wasn't. No. It was <laughs> a vampire, <laughs> I think. He has that, that effect. <laughs> the charm effect. So I, I don't know. Like if if I'm skipping ahead of something you want to talk about, Bill, feel free to jump in. Yeah, no, seriously. no, no. I I'll, I'll go by your storyline. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be rambling for it. My land of the creeps are like six hours, so we we try to keep it a little less than that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we try. My next note is that I like his katana. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. he's got a very cavalry like saber and also a katana that he keeps not holstered. Not always, no. no. And also likes to stick it in the ground a lot. But we'll get into yeah, that. Because I, th- I, I... Yeah, we'll talk about that. You don't really use a upset. fucking katana to dig holes in the ground. <laughs> I was seething. <laughs> like, nine of Vic's tens note, ten, tens notes? Tens ten notes. Ten notes say, <laughs> why is he stabbing the ground with a knife? Yeah. <laughs> with a sword. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll get into uh, it. Get a shovel. My next or a note spade. was... Wasn't his horse just white? Because I was confused, and I thought that Kronos was the yes. guy that had rode up on Anne and started standing in the woods. I was so confused. Yeah, they're they're riding into town, and he totally like decides that he's going to be Captain Awesome and just rides right in front of the carriage with uh, Grost on it. And he's like, "No, me first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hero of this story." <laughs> Goes across the bridge. <clears throat> oh, and oh, yeah, he goes across the bridge and meets. Uh, Carla, who's in stocks for dancing on a Sunday. <laughs> she says... How, da- how dare she defile the Sabbath with her <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yes. That wasn't allowed until Elvis did it, I think. But um... <laughs> so I, I... My question is, how long was she just going to hang there? Like, were they just going to go back a week later and she's dead? Yeah. <laughs> she seemed really far out of any town. They like, were throwing they just... vegetables at her, so at I guess point, she yeah. ate some tomatoes. Stocks up in the it's middle true. of the woods. <laughs> You know what? I never thought about that, but getting vegetables thrown at you isn't the worst thing in the world if you're starving. No. <laughs> I think a lot of times they were rotten. Maybe. I think that that was the... <laughs> but also, I, he doesn't ask for any kind of proof or anything. He just takes her word. <laughs> she could have been a witch. I, I had that thought, too. She could have been lying about that. Like, she could have murdered 17 widows. Muskrats. Maybe. 
muskrats. All, all, all I know is that that sword was sharp because it one whack and off went the locks. Yeah. Just whack. was it a, a, like a steel lock that he cut through? I don't. Know. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, like that's better than those Ginsu knives. <laughs> yeah. <you> just, whack. <laughs> uh, so, so we flashed to Isabella. Hang for- on, hang on. They cut her loose, and she wiggles out of the stocks, and then he's. She runs up to him and kisses his hand. Oh, yeah. And he goes, we're heading east. (laughs) And she's like, well, that works for me. And he just starts riding off. And Gross just, like, whips his carriage up. And she has to, like, run to get (laughs) Get on the carriage. Get on the carriage. And, like, jump on the carriage. (laughs) Gross does look back to see if she got on or not. Yeah. It's like a little game they play. Let's see if she can make it. So, anyway, I'm sorry, Kitty. No, it's fine. Oh my goodness, I can't stop yawning. I'm tired. Well, if you can go ahead and stop. Yeah. I'm not going to. Anytime. So, uh, Isabella and her family are in their one-room cottage, and her dad gives her a bracelet. And nice little silver like, bangle Here's with a this lock. fancy thing, and she's like, okay, I'm just gonna go play in the woods. And, like, she's going to see one of her friends, I guess. Well, it's very important that she says... I dare not wear it for fear of losing it or something along those lines. And he says, I forget his response. It's something about how the lock would, it would take someone to get the lock off, but it was a really classy way of, uh, I don't remember it now. I should have <laughs> I never saw down. a bangle that had a lock, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not spun up on jewelry either. So, so she puts it on and he says about how basically it's, it's not going to come off unless she wants it to. So she has no fear of losing it. It yeah. won't come off of your wrist unless you turn into a 130-year-old old woman and you're yeah. desiccated. That seems oddly specific, Dad. I'm going to go play in the <laughs> woods. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Can you... I don't know what's happening right now. I, I'm, I should have so, so, you, All you're doing is adding to, adding to the editing. Yeah. You are. No, yeah. Making my job harder. Problem. Mm-hmm. I only had one cup of coffee today. Wake up, Kitty. <laughs> so, Isabella... drizzle in here. ...gets attacked... Um, by the same cloaked f- figure that's now, like, turning every flower and mushroom black as it's walking past her. Oh, I missed that. Well, you, yeah. you, you, you went by the point where she picks the flower and sticks it in her bosom. Uh, yes. Yeah, she just did her... It, in her is, I did notice that. <laughs> is, is that common for women to stick flower random flowers in their bosom? I don't know that I've ever done Her dress it. probably didn't have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because what if she were a witch and needed to carry witch things in her pockets? Yes. Like toads. Well, then oh, she'd have true. witch pockets. <laughs> which pockets do you have in my witch pockets? That's what I'm asking. Which pockets? <laughs> Who's on first base? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> so she goes and has some torrid tryst with her lover nope. in the forest. No, no, no. Oh, that's that's not... a different lady. No, that was a different person. Oh, man. She just gets vampired and that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So no. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then she comes running home and she collapses into her house and her dad only knows it's her because of her bracelet. She used like the last little bit of her life force to get home and die. Yep. That's really sad. What would you do with it? Uh, probably not that. I think I would. Enough I think... of my life force has already been used <laughs> that if someone sucked like 2% out, I'd die. <laughs> Let's be honest. Turn it to moldy cheese. Ew. Blue cheese has mold in it. Mm. I like blue cheese. <laughs> and I, I guess from here we see Kronos kind of riding through to visit his old university buddy. Marcus. Or his old or his military, his military buddy. buddy. Yeah. I forget what's his name. Marcus. Dr. Marcus. Oh, Dr. Marcus. My dear Marcus. Dr. Marcus. Uh, and it. he's like screaming for him. And Marcus! Some guy's like... <laughs> 
who are you that you're asking for Dr. Marcus? And he's just super fucking aloof and doesn't even answer him. He's just kind of like, Marcus! Again. (laughs) Right at him. Marcus! Maybe when he spoke it in his original voice, it was like, my good man, I'm looking for Dr. Marcus. But when they redubbed it, it was just, Marcus! (laughs) Because in German, that would have been an (laughs) Heichsprung! And Pitchfork Axeman is like, eh, he's in here somewhere. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm so sorry. Please be more I mean, sorry. I no really do need to go drink some coffee. Well, really we'll take do. a break in a little while. I don't and know you what's can get two and a half coffee. hours. But this is the point where the movie took a turn for me. No, <laughs> we have like sitting here bullshitting about horror movies is so hard. Um, this I'm is the point tired. where I realized that this movie was absolutely going to break the stereotype on Hunchback, um, because Gross comes in and he's very well dressed, very well spoken. Very well educated. Uh, a very charming individual that yes. does not fit this this stereotypical um, affectation that tends to go with, with hunchback uh, assistance. Yeah. Because that's a thing, apparently. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it would have really broken the stereotype if he was the vampire killer and Kronos <laughs> he was just, his crony. He just yells for people I'm looking for. That's his job. <laughs> we need to find a pub. Pub! No, not like that. But, I mean, you talk about roles that show the disabled in a positive light. This would have been one of the earlier ones that actually showed that, you know, they're not just humpbacks to be made fun of. They actually contribute to the storyline in a positive manner. Yeah, so he was the brains. You know, in a way it's a real affirming role. Yes. For yeah. uh, John Cater to have played. I, I think very much so. Now I have to assume John Cater wasn't actually hunchbacked in real life. No. Okay. I didn't think no, he so. Was not. It's probably a pillow or like no. a small child or something. <laughs> Skipping along, I just, uh, I just imagine one of our small children, and they would be in there going, Meh! "Yeah, they'd have a blast." That's quite a hump you got there, buddy. Our children are feral. It just tried to hit me. It was my brother. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was—you know—Doctor Marcus treated him with the same respect that he gave Kronos, and rightly so. I believe whenever he uh, starts introducing him, he says that. Uh, <laughs> if I can remember the line correctly, I believe he says. Uh, you'll find that what Grost doesn't know about vampires could fill a flea's codpiece. <laughs> I missed that. But that's crazy. <laughs> and that's what I want to be an expert. I want to be so good at something someday that that's how people describe me. I want to be a, a, like some kind of a, a doctoral speaker and they invite me on stage and say, Here, here's Victor. You'll find that his knowledge on insert topic here could fill or what he doesn't know about this topic could fill a, a flea's codpiece because it just it's such, it's such a oddly fun sort of offensive way of saying that it sounds almost like the classier version of what you'd hear him say in Bubba Hotep. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I now want to open a business to sell codpieces to fleas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess it is. Uh, so they start talking about vampires because Marcus has called Kronos in because they have weird things happening and all of the life force is getting sucked out of the women in the town. And It's just two women, actually. It's just two women <laughs> so far. Uh, they start having a conversation about how to kill them and they're like, some you have to burn, some you have to stake. And like, then uh, Marcus was like, well, the, the ones who were attacked were wearing crosses. Shouldn't they protect them? And they were... They said the crosses only protect those who firmly believe. Which we've so talked about before. Apparently, Vanda and Isabella were both just fucking heathens. So. Well, she puts that flower in her cleavage, which makes her a slut. So, 
But this is one of the reasons I like the film is they kind of add a new mythos to the vampire mythology. Like they, they kind of take on a new slant to it because, you know, normally it's just a stake through mm-hmm. the heart or, you know, garlic will keep you away. But no, this guy's like, no, no, no. You can kill them many different ways. There's different variations of vampires. So it kind of adds that extra wrinkle to it. Yeah, it did. To, uh, I appreciated that too. Yeah, it's always cool whenever a movie um, can add something to the lore that elevates it rather than uh, it just feels kind of forced. Yeah. And this this was really cool to have that kind of almost like you have um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can have different strains of a disease that are slightly different and respond to different treatments. It's it's something like yeah. that. I, I like that. Yeah, yet it wasn't ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, not that not that anything here really makes any sense, <laughs> but it, it, it's not like oh, an alien zapped them down. Like it's not that kind right. of thing. Like it, <laughs> It's at least a, a plausible type of take on the vampire genre. Is that our dog? Yes. He is having the wow. best time right now, sawing little logs. But it is indeed within the realm of possibility. Yes. Uh, at least as far as vampires go. Um, and then, was it shortly after this, um, Kronos like, turns into the barn? Yes. Uh, well, was it then, or because the next? Which part did he say? Oh, I'll have you. Oh, that's. I believe that's when they're just going to start exploring for vampires. Oh. And she says, "I'd like to stay with you for a while if you'll have me." Well, there. Yeah. The, 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 the next major plot point I have is the bedding of Caroline. Monroe. Yes, I do too, but not for that reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first time we see him stab his fucking katana into the ground. So I think oh, first did. they actually um, <clears throat> there were two two points. Uh, <laughs> one, Isabel Isabella's sister I think was at her grave, and on the grave it said aged seventeen years, meaning that she was seventeen when she died. And I thought that it meant that she had aged seventeen years from that point whenever oh, boy, she was goodness. sucked dry. And I was like, <laughs> well, when life expectancy is like twenty two, <laughs> seventeen years is was a lot. Um, and then she goes into the chapel and the chapel looked like the one from Bly Manor. Kind of. Yeah. Also, was that her sister? I, I thought that was, I thought that was, oh, maybe it was her mother. I don't know. I don't know. It's I hard no to tell idea. in this movie. Oh boy. Are we not accurate with our representation? I mean, of none the of them looked as good as, uh, Carla did. So. <laughs> Carla? Ka- Carla, I meant. <laughs> Carmel. <laughs> Carlos, she's like from Cheers or something. <laughs> um, and so after that was whenever Grost and Grost, 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 Grost I, think. I, think, I think they say Grost. The Grouse sure. and Carla were hiding the frogs in the ground. I really feel. Oh, yeah. Leaving the toads to see yeah. if they died. And if something about if they die, if they came back to life, a vampire went yeah. by. Yeah, they would like... If a vampire walked over it, it brought them back to life or it something. It would pull a little bit of their that life force it. or something. Yeah. Which is a, a, another fun idea. I, I don't know what part this happens, and it doesn't matter where it happened. I just liked it. When Grost and the Doctor... It's at night sometime, and the Doctor's like, I have an old bottle of very fine wine I've been saving for a rainy day. And he puts his arm around Grost, and Grost is like, I think it's pouring right now. <laughs> and they go to have the wine. That's he nice. said, I play chess. Okay. I just thought I because I also thought that was funny. Well, thank you for uh, correcting me. Now, now, did we kind of slip over the fact that uh, 
uh, Kronos slept with Caroline Monroe. Not yet. We, that, that was that I was the swear. point leading up oh, to Victor's it. Victor's saying so, that the toad oh, thing came okay. before that. Uh, that's not what I was saying. Oh. Actually, that's what Kitty was saying. Oh, so they buried the toads first. <laughs> Wrong again, Max. Okay. They buried the toads okay. first, and then <laughs> is that euphemism? They came <laughs> back <laughs> to the barn. He buried the toads before he buried the toad. If you know what I mean. <laughs> they buried the toads and then played a game of hide the sausage. <laughs> And then they went back to the barn, and that was where Dr. Marcus and Gross were standing outside. Because first, oh. Dr. Marcus went in to talk to um, Kronos while he was in the barn, and Kronos was smoking. And he was like, yeah, it's just an old Chinese herb that I have. <laughs> and uh, Marcus was like, yeah, okay. And they had some sort of weird conversation, and then he walked out, and then that was when uh, Caroline, Carla, Car- Car- oh my god, and... Kronos went into the barn together and that's when the comment I play chess I have a bottle of brandy that was where that conversation okay. took place I see. and they bumped uglies presumably did the horizontal rumba um, a horizontal refreshment that's yep yeah. I just heard that in a different movie really actually, recently really oh, what movie? actually it was in letter Kenny no oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's just movies for you now. oh no so Gosh. Did I mention he stabs his katana into the ground? You did. This <laughs> is really bothered. It's sacrilege. It's constant. And For katanas s- back then would have been like the real deal. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, while Kronos and Carla are still in barn together. Um, <laughs> it's a verb. Some, in barn lock. <laughs> some girl named Myra and her boyfriend are making the out one. in the the woods. I was very worried for her at first, and then I wasn't. Yeah, it it very much sets that up as not being a consensual encounter, or that he's just full I think on. We were supposed her. to think it was the vampire, maybe. Uh, maybe, but it's it's concerning either way. <laughs> but then it wasn't as. But concerning. then it wasn't yes. concerning. <laughs> yeah, that scene would be deleted now. Uh, I should think so. Yeah. <laughs> no. But then she's like, "I have to go home, or they're gonna get pissed off at me." And he's like, okay, well, I'll at least watch you until you get out of the woods. And she's like, she walks into a gully? A small, like a, a, a dried <laughs> a up riverbed, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, it's a big ditch. And then she comes back up. And then we hear another. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes back up again. But th- doesn't she make the comment, oh, my house is like 200 yards yeah. away. How can you not, you know, what can happen? Yeah. Something can happen. I was actually, like, can- expecting him to get got at that point. Oh, like, that I was great. like this guy should get attacked instead of this this girl who's walking away i don't know but, but at this point we're 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 led to assume that this is potentially a male vampire and there's no way that a male vampire would bite another man in the mouth not in 1971 like that's that's not Four. a thing well well when I this guess was, 70. well 71 would have been yes. shot in yeah. just, it wasn't even on anyone's minds although i would have really appreciated that but no this is I think this was in like the year of our Lord one thousand seven hundred something, <laughs> is what it seemed like to me, late eighteenth century. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one. Well, I'm sure they make mention. Is the war that they're talking about? Is it the British Civil War that they would have been fighting? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's very plausible. That's a thing that happened during history times. It is. <laughs> and I'm actually not spun up on all the details, but. No, I didn't. I didn't keep track of that, but it's it would it would make sense. It's it's of that time period. What, do you know what time frame that war was in? I would have okay. to look it up. I'm a history major, and I should know. But 
history in in America is taught as American history and then world history, but with an American twist. <laughs> like we literally only learn Lemons. about things that America was involved in. So <laughs> you learn about history, but the U.S. Civil War was 1642 to 1651. Oh well, yeah, I could see okay. that even being the time frame too. Okay, swords were a big thing yeah. then, still. Yeah, like I, I didn't know the exact time frame, but it was kind of within that that envelope. Right. Because nobody had a, well, everybody had a sword, but no one had a pistol, as far as I remember. No. Or or even a musket. Yeah. So it would have made sense, horse and uh, and sword. Uh, horse and sword would be a great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> These are the names of my fists. Horse and sword. Uh, Together they make cavalry. <laughs> so... Um, they come and wake Kronos up to come and look at the area where Myra was attacked. And thank goodness it was right in the middle of where all their toads were. And they yeah. start looking around. <laughs> and he starts digging away and, um, with his wasn't there something? Wasn't there something else about where there was like um, a red streamer and like a bell yeah. attached to trees? I think that was a little later on. I, yeah, I think... Oh, was that later? Yes. I think at that point, Grost being the wise man that he is, throws a box of dead toads under a carriage. That, oh, yeah, okay. what you're talking about. I think yeah. that happens well, that right was, after, the, after the bell silk part. Yeah, they, they, no, they just tied little pieces, like little tiny strips of ribbon oh, above where the frogs were. Right. That's way ahead, because that's after the bar fight, even. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so they, they literally just marked the trees with the same red ribbon um, to know where the toads were, and they start digging them up and looking for them around the area where they were attacked. And they find one... <clears throat> that is alive and the old wives tale goes that if a vampire walks over a box containing a dead toad it'll give life back to the toad i mean that's not the exact wording of the old wives tale but it's close it's about as catchy as the one that said. <laughs> but also those weren't toads when a vampire's on the road there's a frog in the toad or something i don't know fox in the hen house um so they notice uh, uh, carriage tracks and they start walking what, after them. What was the deal with the, the, the toads, the frogs, but whatever? Um, it just confirmed that it was a vampire? Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I think all it did was confirm it was a vampire. I mean, yes. yeah, at that point, I think that's, that's really was just their test. I guess if you had like them laid out in like a net shape, you might tell which direction the vampire came from. Yeah, maybe. that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there's anything scientific. I think it was just, you know, old wives' right, tales. Right. right. <laughs> so they start following the carriage tracks and they end at some point. Yes, very... Uh, abruptly. Yeah. And because it turned into a pumpkin. No, that's a different story. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dr. Marcus... Is like, okay, well, you guys go on ahead to the tavern up there, and, and I'm going to go take a look around up here. And he goes up to the Dorward, 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 Durwoods, <laughs> Durwoods, and uh, Dursleys, Durberber, Durberber. And they go on to the tavern. Oh, we should probably mention real quick during um, the scene where they show Isabella's gravestone. Uh, Marcus comes in contact with Paul mm -hmm. Durward and his mother. Durward. And 
His mother looks not like well. mold. Yeah, like mold. Yes. <laughs> she looks like she may have just been propped in the carriage and left there for several years. I think it was a broom. <laughs> you mop. Says, uh, I'd love to give her my, my, my condolences and because they, there's some back and forth banter about how her husband died in his care and how she still bears a grudge about it. Of the plague. Yes. <laughs> but surely there was, she understands there's nothing I could do. Like, But she holds him to it. And he says, <laughs> I'd love to, to speak to her and, and give her my condolences in person. And, um, and then he says, no, you'll find that she will not talk to you. <laughs> in his, the most snooty way possible. No. Good day, sir. No. <laughs> Some of these actors reminded me of like present day actors. He reminded me a little of Evan Peters. <laughs> I'm okay. going to pretend like I know who that is. Uh, I don't Quicksilver. know anything that you would know. Um, oh, all right. Um, so uh, we flash over to the tavern where the Sherwood's carriage driver. Their stooge. Wants to hire Caro. Yes, yeah. Caro. And Caro. we step into a scene from... A D&D campaign. Oh, I was going to say Beauty and the Beast, maybe? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Oh. That's what it reminded me of. Gaston. Like, yeah, when Gaston like bites the belt in half for some reason. Right. <laughs> Not a euphemism. Um, I felt like this... Man, I really bit the belt in half today. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> uh, everything that happened in the bar, to me... Even though this was not the period, this was not the style, everything that happens in the bar feels like a Western to me. 100%. <laughs> it, it's it's like a Year of Our Lord 1600-something Western. <laughs> when I'm talking about stuff this old, I have to say Year of Our Lord, because yep. that's how it was measured. <laughs> um, like, they introduce him by him being just a complete asshole, but also... He they... basically degrades uh, horizontal refreshment. Uh, everyone in the bar. Well, everybody except Redbeard. How does he not degrade him? Well, Redbeard kind of stood up for the horizontal refreshment. I said he degrades pretty much everyone in the bar. Not his two lackeys. And well, yeah. also not the woman with the blindfold sitting in the corner. Yeah, I don't know. What Which is was... never explained. No. <laughs> She's just a precursor to Bird, bird Box. It was so <laughs> weird. It was Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Cameo. She's a vampire. <laughs> But no, like so, he comes in and he uh, he insults the uh, uh, the horizontal refreshment, um, and in a really terrible way, you know, like I already gave you more than what you were worth, and then he throws what he promised her into the spittoon, yeah, um, and then one of his lackeys spits on it, like they had practiced that. His like, one lackey who looks like Theon Greyjoy, a little bit, who. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Alfie <laughs> Allen, Lily Allen's brother. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so they just they they set him up as being like this this awful asshole, and then there's someone in the bar that stands up for the the woman. He had a very nice voice though. He did. It's very like gravelly, and he very much looked like a like a sellsword, like a you know a, a rough tup rough tup. <laughs> he looked like some tup? Tupperware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got some Tupperware that's like 20 years old, so... He looked like someone, if you walked in the bar and you were looking to hire a sword, you'd probably go to him because he looks like he knows what he's doing, and he does. He's even got, like, the um, the duelist's, uh, like, waistcoat on, like, the, the leather... He, uh, it's uh, called a jerkin. I was going to say jerkin! Oh I was just God. about to say it! His jerkin with jerkin. I don't know. believe you. Well, we'll never know because you cut me off. Exactly. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Redbeard is like, I will not laugh at the horizontal refreshment, and he goes to pull out his saber, but, like, 
It gets like six inches out of the sheath, and then you look up, and Caro's sword is like pointing at his neck. Yeah, it's already on. Like, so Caro's, he means business. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Blaff! louder, louder. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's like he's one of those performing monkeys. <laughs> Come on, d- dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he may have learned how to talk like a parrot learns how to talk, maybe. <laughs> well, at one point they say speak softly to him. Maybe it's just because he's hung over. But the carriage driver that says he's going to pay them, <laughs> like, speak softly to him. <laughs> I can do better than that. I'll Clang. speak with this. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'll speak with my money. After Gingerbeard scrambles backwards out of the, Gingerbeard. Out of the tavern. That would be a great name for a pirate. It really would be. <laughs> the ship is made of gingerbread. Captain Gingerbeard. <laughs> It didn't get far. <laughs> so he slides an indeterminate amount of monies across the bar. Yes. And, like seven uh, gold pieces. <laughs> a lot of money in D&D. Height. Depending on your level. I, I don't still don't understand the exchange rates in that game. but Because um, I had to pay one gold for a beer, which I thought was too much. But we were, some beer. Because I am a lazy DM and I deal only in gold. Ugh. I don't deal in silver I get it makes it easier pieces. but I'm going to start immersive. cutting it into eighths <laughs> it's actually so. that actually started because I was a lazy player because I didn't want to oh. keep track of all the copper pieces that I had so I just riveting didn't yeah <laughs> uh, and so he hires Caro to kill does he name Kronos I guess he does uh, we I guess we're supposed to infer that <laughs> if somebody other than anyone who always comes in here comes in here kill him Nope. And, you know, good timing doing it two minutes before they arrive and getting your ass out of the tavern before anything happens. In your giant, heavy-ass carriage. You call that fortuitous timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I guess, does is it like, well, it's not right after this that Kronos shows up. Well, I think uh, I think that we flash back to the mansion, the Dord's yes. mansion. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dr. Marcus goes inside and he's talking to Dr. Marcus, MD. Paul. <laughs> and Paul is like, do you want some brandy? And then they walk over and they're drinking and uh, Dr. Marcus is like, witchcraft and necromancy. And <laughs> Paul's like, oh yeah, that was one of my dad's books. It just, it's laying around. Guy's so lame. It's just some light reading. <laughs> and yeah. I have to go through the family's library since he's not here anymore because Lord knows I don't read those books. Like, his book is, it's one of those things. It's like the Necronomicon. How not, <laughs> how to convince people you're not a vampire. Interesting. <laughs> just some light reading means nothing. So then Paul's Super hot redheaded sister comes down the stairs. And is she super hot? I think she is, but I like redheads. So she oh seems like she knows how to hit someone. She does. I'll give her. And I, I made an erroneous uh, I, conclusion here. I said, Sarah, that girl, she's a vampire. Really? I, I object. Well, sustained. Okay. Because I was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Not to give anything away, but <laughs> I just sorry you said erroneous, and I started thinking court terms. That was the first thing I thought of. Objection. I overruled. Okay. I actually immediately thought that it was their. Well, we'll get into it. Right. Leading the witness. So sustained. Uh... <laughs> oh we'll yeah, we didn't, we didn't give our uh, our yeah. spoiler warning. There's spoilers. <laughs> oh my god! Forty-seven minutes. You didn't know by now. You're out of luck. <laughs> Look, if you haven't seen a movie from 
74 by now. You're probably doing something wrong. I hadn't seen it until Bill brought it up. Me either. Yeah. Uh, That is to say, I do a lot of things wrong. Uh, All right. So, um, after they shoo Marcus away and convince him to leave. They all but hiss at him. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Strongly suggest that you leave. He says, says to Sarah... Your face is awfully young looking. What's your secret? <laughs> it's almost like magic. I, I, I expected oil of Olay. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> after he leaves, Paul goes, the bell rings for Paul to come up to his mother's room. And uh, she's like, who, who was calling? And Paul was like... <laughs> Oh, it was it was Dr. Marcus. He came to pay his respects to you, which sounded like she was dead. He like, said he was passing, <laughs> pay his respects, and that he was passing through. Yeah, Just passing I know, through. but like, even paying, though the road to their estate doesn't go anywhere, <laughs> paying your your respects usually means you're like going to a funeral or something. I don't know. Not in 1657. There was the, there was this really awkward conversation of his. Why is that going through? You can't get here. It doesn't go anywhere. Like it was. I was like, is this a neighborhood fucking watch? Yeah. <laughs> My binoculars. <laughs> Did you get his license plate? <laughs> Call the constabulary. So then they flash back over to the tavern, and Kronos and Grost are inside, and Carla. And was Carla? Yeah, she was no, there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and Caro is sitting over in the corner, and he's like, "Hey." Your friend has a hunchback. What does he say to him? I don't remember. What he he just generally insults Grass. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know, oh, when you sleep, when you lay down, do you have to dig a hole in the ground for your hunch? And uh, he. Sorry. I think Caro says that you're not laughing at my joke. <laughs> oh. Because that's his thing, apparently. Apparently. It's like his kink. <laughs> but making people laugh. He just wants forcefully. people to be happy, I guess. Um, yeah. Kronos says, to make sport of a physical affliction is both impolite and cruel. Yes. And I was like, I appreciate that line. Yes. And his hand snakes back onto the handle of his katana. Yes. And at this point, uh, Caro and his lackeys are all up in the faces of Grost and uh Well, he gently pushes Grost away. Carla, yeah. And he then the- range. makes fun of all of them. <laughs> and the bartender... <laughs> Sorry, like down the way a little bit, and they're like <laughs> ducking a, a little bit more every time down behind the bar. See, at that point, it found like a, it felt like a western. <laughs> yep. And uh, he like and like slices them up, like all three of them. Like it, it I really like the way they cut these scenes because um, I think before this was the first time that he was. That Cronus was like kneeling on the ground and Carla was like sleeping on his knee. And Gross calls him and he like gets up and is gone so quick, she's like, <laughs> is like hanging in the air for a second and then like falls to the ground. Yes. And then when they cut this sword thing, it was just like he had his hand on the sword and it was like, whoosh, whoosh, and then the sword was back in its scabbard. Yeah. And there was little blood spatters everywhere. He, it, it, it's, it's like he's Zoro. Yeah. <laughs> it's super quick. Yeah. Um, but you skipped over. Chronos called Henry and his mates rat face, fatty, and big. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. He leads up. He's like, for example, it would be very impolite of me to call you. Yeah. 
And every time he makes an insult, that's when they get a little lower on the bar. Um, but I did make in my notes, thank God that katana's still sharp. After stabbing into the ground. Because <laughs> wouldn't it be really funny if he went, ah, and it just bounced off their neck. And he's like, wow, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that in the ground, maybe. But, but they kind of did it in a delay because the first two died pretty quick. Yeah. But Hendry took a moment to step back and then collapse. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I think he went to go get his gold bag because he, he thought that was important. <laughs> I'm going to head out, guys. Bye. Also, their deaths were all spectacular. Yes. Like, they all like were like, ugh. <laughs> oh, I should... would like to point out, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say real quick, we should mention, I-, I am being an asshole about the katana thing. It bothered me a lot, but he also does dig a hole at one point with his katana. So it's he not does. just stabbing yeah. it to the ground. He also uses it as a fucking tool because he's super prepared, but can't just keep a spade or a little trowel on his belt. <laughs> a spud, I think yes. they're called. Um, we missed the part when he, when Kronos first gets to Dr. Marcus. And he has his shirt off almost all the time for some reason. But mm. Dr. Marcus is looking at like this massive scar on his right yeah. side, on his abdomen. And Dr. Marcus is like, well, I'm glad my, to see my stitches are holding up. Mm. Or my whatever job is holding up. And then Cronus says something and Dr. Marcus is like, I know you have guts, Cronus. I've seen them. <laughs> I did really like that line. I actually wrote that too. Yeah. That's a good line. I think he says something about how... Uh, Marcus comes in and he says something to him and uh, Kronos responds by saying you think I should be out roaming the countryside hunting specters or hunting phantoms isn't that what you're thinking and that they have that exchange and he says something about um, he's like I know you have guts Kronos I've seen them and I just that's a good line it is really good I mentioned it here but I did not write it down there are really good there are quite a few good lines in this movie that I just I appreciate the way that this movie flows and the certain like the the whole fleas cod piece thing like that was great like there's just certain lines in here that are just really great and and i don't think i ever saw grossed um not smiling he's always smiling yeah. he does seem a very jovial fellow yeah he's a very happy yeah. lad you know um so they're on their way no that flashes no, back not. over <laughs> no it flashes back over to marcus and there's a loud crack of thunder and then the cloaked figure is, like, standing down the path from him a little bit. And they come over and attack him, seemingly. But he's fine. Like, he doesn't die immediately. Yeah, he's riding his horse through a, a, a bit of fog and then just comes out the other side. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's dabbing his mouth. Yeah, there's, like, a, a little lot, bit of blood on A little drop falls yeah. on his calfskin glove. He's, yes. And so he continues on and meets up with the rest of them at the tavern. And then they're on their way back. And this is when the um, uh, bell scene was. They tied yeah. a bunch of Rubens and bells along the way. Because uh, I guess a vampire <laughs> couldn't help itself but ring the bright red ribbon with bells hung on it for a couple hundred <laughs> feet in every direction. Or... Somebody who's not a vampire who should be able to clearly see these bells running into them multiple times. Yeah. The red-haired girl <laughs> with the egg basket. Yeah. Doesn't a very well-constructed plan. She messed up. She put all her eggs in one basket, man. Yep. <laughs> and she's just walking, and then all of a sudden she gets attacked by a giant fruit bat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that scene. I, I laugh every time I watch that. It, it slams into her. Well, she's got a big glob of something in her face that she just can't get rid of. 
Looks like it got shot out of a bat cannon or something. <laughs> she, like a t-shirt gun. She like throws her basket up into the air and all the eggs come crashing down onto like a stump that's in the woods. Batman's head cannon shoots bats. <laughs> uh, so they're all like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And they all run to the area where it happened. And they look over and they see her behind like this tree and there's just a bunch of eggs cracked on this stump with blood all over yeah. them. That's a waste of good eggs. Yeah, there was there were times in this movie where they were they tried to be artistic and it worked and this was not one of them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> weird. To, for me. It's like milk mixed with blood. <laughs> or so, just milk. Strawberry milk. <laughs> so the next morning... Well, hang on. Oh. Then Marcus comes well, very... Um, not at all inconspicuously out from like all disheveled yeah he like comes out from stage right (laughs) and they just look at him for a second and then go back to what they're doing is this now is this the part where the carriage is driving by and grossed in his infinite wisdom grabs a dead toad box and whips it under the carriage not yet that's later damn it because now they're starting to understand well i don't even care you guys can bring it up then there's more we will there there's more uh mystery afoot so they go back to wherever they're staying. Yeah. And I think I presume Marcus is. Yeah. Barn. Villa, barn. And uh, the barn or the barn. The Marcus. The Marcus <laughs> uh, wakes up the next morning and looks in the mirror and he's. He's shaving. Yeah. And he goes, my face. But I'm like, I don't see what's. <laughs> I didn't either. either I I noticed his hair was a a thing. Like, it wasn't gray anymore. (laughs) Um, Because he's he's shaving with a straight razor. Because that's when we first see him. I think as Cronus is coming in, he's also shaving. Yes. So they, they, this is kind of a callback where they, you know, he tries to keep up with a nice fastidious image. Did he try to shave and he realized his hair wasn't growing? I think he, when he, he, um, like splash water on his face to to get all the shaving cream off. He that's didn't because he ran out half creamed. <laughs> that's, that's when he looks up and notices like my like the wrinkles are gone and like his gray hairs are gone and that's that's when he my face. But I didn't notice anything oh. different. <laughs> so I yeah I, I didn't. I looked at him and I was like, what What about your face, man? It's beautiful. Um. So he runs in and Groston uh uh. Kronos. I almost said Macbeth. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Would have been a very different movie. Uh, Gross- There's daggers and men's smiles. <laughs> and Kronos are like, well, gotta start troubleshooting. And they... Well, he begs them to kill him. Yeah. They try to stake him. <laughs> These and- are very nice stakes, by the way. They were yeah. very nice. Very ornately carved. And uh, he doesn't... Like, nothing happens. Like, he takes a hammer and, like, drives the stake into Marcus's chest as his proper form and pulls it back out and there's no blood or anything and Gross is like he'll only bleed at the site where he dies and like <laughs> so... and then they hang him I think yep they try hanging him <laughs> yeah, just for funsies <laughs> and then and they... that doesn't work either and then they bring fire over and the fire doesn't work. Well, no. What as Grost is bringing the fire stick over, um, uh, Kronos. Kronos, when his chair comes back down, it like tilts forward, and he smacks him on the chest to like right him again, and it drives his steel cross into his oh, tummy. 
Okay. His tummy chest. And, and he, he's got one hell of a branding. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So they figure out that that's what they need to kill this particular strain of vampire. Yes, I guess. Uh, cross made of steel. See, this adds to, this adds to the mythos because I haven't seen this in any other vampire film. That particular method of yeah, killing. Yeah, I have not either. I've definitely seen weapons made from crosses to give them some kind of like holy damage, but not something that specifically yeah. was required to kill a, a, a strain of vampire. Yeah. Yep. And after this, the amazing grossed. A man of many talents, apparently. <laughs> well, I well, I, I guess the um, axe pitchfork guy sees them like yeah murdering <laughs> yeah. Doctor Marcus, and he runs and gets all the townsmen, and he's like, and "Well, they, we gotta do something about this here." They get boys. their pitchforks and torches. <laughs> and, and and let's just say it was the quickest taking down of about twelve people within twelve seconds yeah. <laughs> I've seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of quick cuts here. They but, go out to the cemetery. Yes. To, to steal get, a giant to get cross. The cross. And specifically the steely bits. The yeah. mob comes to to kill Kronos because he's just killed the town's doctor. Yeah, and with no explanation. Did you say the mom? The mob. The mob. The mob. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly his mom shows up. <laughs> just picture this ham fisted English woman. Kronos, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop hunting vampires right this instant! <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Marcus as well. <laughs> you killed my Murphy! <laughs> I did like this scene, though, because instead of killing any of them, he disarms them, and all their swords end up stuck in different parts of the hill. Yes. <laughs> That's his specialty, is stabbing swords into the ground, so... <laughs> uh... And they're all, like, on their knees, like, grabbing different body parts, going, uh. Dude, I, I feel like this is the original badass hero grabbing two swords and unsheathing them. I don't think I've seen it in any movie older than that. Uh, it's very possible. He's kind of almost the original Marvel superhero. Kind of. I was just thinking of Deadpool, how he always pulls his two mm-hmm. katanas out. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Kronos did this first. Kronos. <laughs> so... What happens next? They take the cross into town. I stopped taking notes. And they pull the metal bits <laughs> off. Yeah, they, they take off... I, I don't know. But they end up using... Whatever. Part of it. Yeah, it's like... It's a wooden cross that has a metal cross <laughs> a, adhered to it's it. It's like a steel-reinforced cross. Longevity. <laughs> adhered with... Adherence. Yes. Tape. <laughs> um, and Gross... I, I, I don't know how he produced a sword in one night, but he's... Hammering away all night. And <laughs> Kronos is sitting on his knees with a white bag over his head and like moving his hands like fish gills, like a little kid would do it. <laughs> but yeah, he's got each hand, he's got his arms wrapped around his chest and the back oh, of yeah. each hand <laughs> is on his face. Like he's telling someone a secret and doesn't want anyone else on either side of him to see it. <laughs> and Carla is once again sleeping on his knee. Yep. And that was the scene where he stands up rapidly and, and the bag that was over his head gets left underneath him. And she's like, whoa! And like falls onto the ground cartoon style. And I guess that's like his weird meditation that he does to put power into the sword that he's about to wield. Yes. I prefer the Buddhist method I saw in an obscure Japanese cartoon once where you sit under a waterfall and meditate. <laughs> was it Kung Fu Panda? No. <laughs> it was Samurai Champloo. 
which I guess is not that obscure, but... <laughs> uh... I was going to say, have we glossed over the fact there's a couple times where it se- seems to me like Chrono smokes... Oh, yeah, no, the, the ancient Chinese herb that he's smoking, yeah. <laughs> but it's more than one time he's smoking this... These long brown you know, cigarettes. His giant yes. doobies. <laughs> They're basically... In China, they call this... Marijuana. <laughs> They're medieval blunts. Devil's cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> the electric. It, it, it looks so sophisticated, like those old when the women used to smoke the cigars yes. with the very uh, long yeah. tip, tip. Like that's what he's it smoking. It kind of actually looks like he's smoking a slim jim. <laughs> <laughs> Step into a slim. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, um, but also, I believe slightly before this. <laughs> Oh man, here we go. We're starting to derail now. <laughs> no, we're starting. So starting. they cut to them, assume uh, presumably just having um, made aggressive love because her lip is bleeding. <laughs> she says, "You're so rough with me," and, and somehow that turns into a segue about how he he hates vampires because he went off to fight in a war, and then when he came back, his mother and his sister, the two people he loves most in the world, were vampires. And one oh, of right. them bit him, and you yeah. see on his neck he's got two bite marks. Yeah, but, but he al- he also added the fact that he had to rip open their shirts with their bare breasts and stab. Yes. Them. Yeah, yes. Oh. he had to make bare their breasts so and he like, could stab them. Did you really need to see mom's tits? It's really? Weird. Did you have to add that to I don't the story? Think you did. did that add anything? <laughs> A shirt is not much protection unless it's made of mithril. <laughs> but also, how does that explain you beating up the person that you're having sex with? <laughs> Mommy Sir? issues, okay? <laughs> and she seems sister issues, fine. I guess. She seems fine with it, I guess. She seems like that's a perfectly reasonable explanation. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I totally get it now. <laughs> but it seems to me, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it does seem to me as though he has some extra special powers, like he's somewhat above normal because he has this somewhat tainted vampiric blood in him because he does things that are very clearly not natural, or maybe they're just trying to imply that he's been doing this for so long that he's picked up some spiritual magical techniques to be able to move super quickly or whatever i i never got the superhero vibe but i kind of got the almost extraordinary vibe yes he seems more like an anti-hero than a a superhero yeah i I didn't pick up superhuman either just that like you know when he says well i was bitten and i didn't turn and gross was like well he's not the man you are right yeah i just presumed he's like made of sterner stuff He's kind of the more studly Robin Hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, after they make the sword, they come up with a plan. <laughs> pretty flimsy sword. Yeah, and it's, a pretty flimsy plan. It's all right. It's like a, it's like a what do you call that? An oak shot sword, kind of. And it's kind of weird. But they, they, they suspect that Paul's sister Sarah is they the do. vampire. That's kind of their driving well, force. Well, I did too. Well, and they, the, what started that I think was that. Um, Kronos was out looking at the monument, the gravestone for uh, Sarah and Paul's dad. And uh, Sarah was there and he asked, was he like, was he a relative of yours? Did you know him? And um, she says, yes, he was my father. And then that's when, like, there's, like, this whole clicking that goes off in Kronos's head where he's like, oh. Kronos is like, wait a minute. Um, so <laughs> Max needs on. a pee break real quick. Um, so we will. Is that all right? Uh, we will take. 
You know, plastic dinosaurs are made from oil byproducts, and oil is made from dinosaurs. <laughs> so technically, you're playing with dinosaurs. Technically, <laughs> y'all, I'm gonna hit my water goal for the day. Woot woot! Oh, good. To at the end of the day, be 100% water. Yes, that's too much. <laughs> I hit my I hit my stepping nice. goal for the day. How do you have time with all the movies? Uh, I yeah. do it during no, the day. Well, just imagine you having a TV set up in your treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know what I honestly do? I have an office at work, and I get to work by 6.30. I get up at quarter after five. Oh. And I, I walk in my room while I'm prepping lessons and photocopying and what have you. So by 9 o'clock, I'm usually at 11,000 wow. steps already. You are one of those people that <sighs> so like you di- discipline. By 9 o'clock, shit. I haven't stepped out of bed yet. <laughs> <laughs> So by by my daily goal is usually twenty thousand, and like right now I'm at twenty one thousand five hundred. I remember when I was waiting tables, my daily goal was twenty thousand. Now I'm like gotta get to three thousand because I'm a stay at home mom <laughs> and I spend all day sitting on the floor with my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Because <sighs> I know that if I don't, I'll blimp up. <laughs> Like, I don't have good metab. I'm past the age where my metabolism helps me. My metabolism hurts <laughs> me. So. It generates calories by burning <laughs> calories. Yeah. In, in those days where you can have two pizzas and then go dancing. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, All right. Well, what point What point in the story, Kat, are we at at so this point? So, Kronos just met what? Are you still recording? Yeah, he's still recording. He never stopped. Oh, yeah. yes, I'm still I, I, sorry, I, never I, didn't stopped. Hear, I didn't hear that um, exchange. There wasn't an exchange. He, That's why I didn't hear. I mean, it was over text. So it, it's it's telepathically. <laughs> you know, she, I'm like, uh, uh, who's the chick in Firestar? Oh, um, oh. Barry yeah, Moore. No. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> well, goddamn, I want to be Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I, I want to be Drew Barrymore too. <laughs> I was a Kirsten Dunst. That would have been a really weird pick. <laughs> I'd even take Kirsten Dunst. It's Kristen Stewart. Come on. Uh, that was way before her time. Um, we were at the part where he was at the monument. <clears throat> yeah. He was at the monument and uh, saw the sister. Was it a monument or was it a monumental statue? Uh, oh. I, I found monument. out through this podcast that monumentous is not a word. It's monumental. <laughs> That's and momentous. Correct. You corrected. Or, or yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so Kronos meets up with Sarah by accident at her father's <laughs> headstone. And Gross is hiding behind the statue for some like, reason. Hey, what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, that's a little strange. But I do like the fact that he's looking at this grave. And I don't know why necessarily he was there. But he asks her if she knew him. And she says, yes, he was my father. And I forget if it's before that point or after, but he, he says about how he heard that he was an amazing swordsman and that no one ever saw his blade coming until it was too late. Yeah. Well, it's at the statue. The it monument, says on the statue. <clears throat> the monumental statue. The greatest. <laughs> just reading what, what it was written on the statue. <laughs> the but greatest he goes, swordsman. Well, it, well, Sarah says he never met his match. Uh, and Corona says, except for God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sort of a dickish thing to say. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> shitty thing to say. You know, except God finally got him in the end, bitch. <laughs> it's like a kid. Being like, My dad could beat him. <laughs> My dad could beat up your dad. 
My dad could beat up a room full of ninjas. I could have. Well, I could have beat up your did, dad. Did we go over what their plan was? <laughs> Not yet. I don't they think didn't, they didn't okay. have a plan yet. They didn't have a plan yet because at this point they see the carriage drive away and he's like, could it be? But she was so bedable. Bedful. <laughs> yeah, she's bedful. a full bed woman. Bedful woman. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to use that on a girl at a bar sometime. It might be earlier than that that he says about the sister because it's when Marcus says he went to visit them. And that's what puts it in their head that it could be them oh, because okay, that's right. that's shortly before he turned into a vampire. And then he says something about her being a full bed, full bedded woman or a bedful woman. I heard that. And I was like, oh, yeah, bedful <laughs> a bedful woman. woman and a full blooded vampire. Well, I mean, <laughs> so they hatch a plan. And I think this was the point where Grost throws the box because they run over the poor man <laughs> in the street. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Which I think was the all the dead girl's dad. <laughs> I think that was him. <laughs> all the girls that have been old and dead that have been got. I think that's their dad. Oh, they got run over by the garage. Driver? They go oh, back oh, to oh, oh, the oh, house. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> and poor Crutches McGee comes downstairs. <laughs> Crutches McGee. Uh, it is impolite. <laughs> To make fun of disabled people. I'm not entirely sure why he had the crutches. I assume he just had his wisdom teeth out It was the older version of Tiny Tim. <laughs> Giant Tim. He was a big guy. Tiny Tim's bigger brother, Giant Jim. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Oh, I'm gonna poop. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember the conversation that they're having. Something about isn't it great to be alive? <laughs> My favorite thing is not getting attacked by vampires in the middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> and then the the um, chandelier gets blown out, or the the candelabra gets blown out, and the door opens, and he gets murdered, I guess, and she gets glamoured. I think he also gets glamoured. Okay, isn't he like a desiccated corpse? In that I just day? remember blood flying onto the lamp. And blood yeah. flies everywhere. When when the lady was killed in the church, how did blood get on the bell? I don't know. <laughs> the vampire just being an asshole. I don't know. Like it must have threw up on its way out of the church or something. <laughs> oh god, she's baby negative. <laughs> I have an allergy. Uh... Gluten. <laughs> she ate some peanuts. <laughs> Well, uh, I am completely lost about where we are in the plot. Can somebody bring us back, Bill. <laughs> uh, I think we're at the point where they suspect Paul's sister Sarah is the vampire, and they're going to use Caroline Monroe as bait. Yes, yes. After throwing the toad under and finding that it was alive. Um, oh, I don't, at some point, Carolyn also leached him on his back for some reason. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. It's not. It was way before this, but she was putting leeches on And then him. he holds up, like, his ashtray with worms in it and says something about they look like this. <laughs> they were supposed to be leeches. Okay. <laughs> Poor worm leeches. That's, hey, animals were harmed in the making of this Absolutely. film. I bet those worms didn't care for that. <laughs> At all. <laughs> They're not chinchillas. You can't give them an ash bath. <laughs> Ew. Ash bath, though. That sounds like a thing. Uh, anyway. Um... Yeah, so Gross, he throws the toad box under the carriage, and it's the toad's alive after that. And he's like, aha, I got you. The horse is a vampire. 
Um, he was the carriage driver all along. <laughs> but then he, they make this sword out of the crucifix. And he slides a very polished piece of metal onto the... Blade? Well, <laughs> there's a specific name for that part of the... Oh, yeah. I can't remember it now. I used to be so big into medieval stuff. And... The bottom of the blade. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tip... The base. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, the base. The base. <laughs> Tip of the base. Oh, that could go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, they discussed the plan to have Carla pose as a woman running through the woods to, a, to the estate. The Durwards running house. from her father, who is forcing her into marriage someone she doesn't love when i already love another <laughs> while they vault onto the second story <laughs> and go they through a, a window they, yeah <laughs> i prefer the word grapnel i think i think grapnel's better so hopefully she's... it doesn't break or else you might get some shrapnel with that grapnel <laughs> so she, she she ends up on the couch bottom line. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, fr- don't in front make of up the a fire bed for me i'll sleep on the couch i'm just fine in front of the fire and sarah and paul are both like okay fucking weirdo yeah, and then they go to bed don't steal our shit and see even at this point i was still convinced that it, maybe the both of them were vampires i thought it was both because they were they had a conversation before where they're like well we're gonna stay young and beautiful forever because mother was not by blood to our family and yeah. father was they're super dismissive of her <laughs> yeah fuck that bitch <laughs> she wasn't a real Durwood we're the real Durwoods by blood but, but, but didn't you think Paul was gonna make a move but he never did it was a weird it did little exchange yeah very uh, uh Lannister-esque yeah Ooh, I just bonked <laughs> my microphone please don't bonk it it doesn't like to be bonked mm. it doesn't you shouldn't bonk it on the tip or the base so <laughs> Sarah and Paul go to bed. And can't be said about me. Carla's laying on the couch and she's all like big eyed and like staring around the room. With those pretty eyes. And yes. uh, there's a person lurking down the stairs and they come up to the couch and who else is it? But the mother. Madame Degar. Is, not Duggar. Uh, should we say minus Phantom of the Opera Mask? Yes. 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 Which was <clears throat> part of her real face in the end? I don't know how that worked. I don't. So I suspected her from the very beginning because you don't just grow mold on your face. And sloths do. <laughs> you said that as though it's like, you don't just grow mold on your face. It takes a lot of hard work, all right? And I mean, I bet I could sit still long enough to grow some mold. <laughs> Ew. She she needed the oil of Olay. <laughs> she did. <laughs> uh, or an acid bath. I don't. <sighs> Excuse me. Oh, um, did you get coffee or not? I never got coffee. No. Oh my god. Because I didn't think there was any left. Because I said I didn't need any. I earlier. think there's a dribble in there. It was my fault. I it was all my fault. Oh. So she <laughs> is young and beautiful and. She is the one that's been attacking everybody. And, oh, I was saying, I suspected her mm-hmm. uh, because you don't grow mold for one, mold for mold, one thing. Mold, Um, And then whenever uh, Marcus was at the house and then he left and she was like, this road doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I was like, it was her. It was her. That's why she's so concerned about the fact that the road doesn't go anywhere. What's he doing up here? <laughs> also, her mouth isn't moving while she's talking. <laughs> None of the older versions of any of them do. Like, Oh, they don't talk at all. Well, they don't talk at all, but like their faces are like not faces. <laughs> They're real people. <laughs> With a not face. With like prosthetics and makeup on. No. The aged people? Yeah. They're just actors. They do, I don't think they had any prosthetics on. Wait, what are you talking about? I think about? they had some prosthetics on. You mean like the young faces. ladies who were golded? Who um, became old. No, that, they had makeup on. Tons of makeup. Okay. Tons of makeup and probably some prosthetics. Okay. It's, I, I, it's like that... It, um, uh, it, uh, what what's now? that MST3K movie? Um, the Devil's Hands or Idle Playthings or something. <laughs> what was that one? Uh, a Touch of Satan. A Touch of Satan. Yeah, remember... <laughs> Answer, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, Who I watches mean, the <laughs> devil? Sure, I, I, I'm. As always, I am happy to admit that I could very well be wrong. I just was pretty Remember sure. Remember, Grandpa, Grandma Pumpkinhead. Like she had a crazy amount of makeup on. Uh, okay, uh, they, it's very possible. Oh I'm no, wrong. Grandma Dried Applehead. She was. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember her getting an Oscar nomination for the uh, makeup. <laughs> so so anyway uh anyway so she's on the couch yes yes chronos and, and gross madame attempting Dungry. attempting to vault in through oddly enough her window yeah yeah lucky mm-hmm. wasn't still inside she and he goes oh there. blimey there's her face and she mesmerizes Carla, and Carla's all like, I'm standing super still. And then Paul and Sarah <laughs> come downstairs. Yeah. Sarah and Paul come downstairs, and they're like, what the hell's going on? <gasps> and they realize that their mother is the, the vampire. The Look at her face. Her face. And yeah, they're, like, distraught about it. They're like, yeah. her face. Well, what, what, I mean, the one thing I found far-fetched, among other things, is they didn't suspect Mom the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, You didn't know she was sneaking out and having the carriage driver take her around in the middle of the night? Well, she can become a bat, too, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. But then why were the carriage tracks the the hint? The clue? Because it... um, I mean, she loves her carriage. She wants people to know that she's got money. Okay, so anyway, she not only has made herself younger again, but she has brought back from the dead their father. The Master Swordsman. Which everyone would have known if they would have looked at the table. There was a book that said how to bring your husband back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and after dying of the plague, and he was a Master Swordsman. And how to cook with fennel. <laughs> and, and she used his base and tip. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the tip. And she's like, seven years I've worked to look this way and bring your father back from the dead. And, it's not that long, really. Uh, not really. And... Paul and Sarah are like, what, you monster? And she's like, I knew you wouldn't understand. And she mesmerizes them. (laughs) I brought back your dad. Someone set up us the vampire. (laughs) So they're just standing there. And Carla's standing there. And then Kronos comes in and is like, stop all this bullshit. Well, she mesmerizes the kids first. That's what I I, I said that you weren't listening. No, I wasn't. I was... <laughs> I think she's but just did about. Did you almost get the vibe that she's trying to seduce Caroline Monroe? Kinda, yeah. Uh, I like mean, it was, was kind of weird, like these like googly eyes at her, you know. 
Yeah, I think she may have had other designs. And I think she tells her husband to drink her, eat her, <laughs> be young again. And I think that's when Kronos comes flying in from the side to save. From the thigh? From the side. Oh. Use this thigh to fly in. <laughs> and her husband has like this weird patch of skin on his face. It's plague skin. Yeah. Supposed to still be dead, I guess, but it kind of just looks like. It they, looks like someone hit him with a cleat. A little bit. Or plucked the feathers growing on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a little like... I would not like to have skin. feathers growing out of Ooh. my face. Oh, no, that would be awful. Although it'd make a cool looking beard, though. Would it, though? Wow. Mm, no. Kinda. No. <laughs> no. So... Oh, well, Bill, who is magnificently bearded, would have to weigh in on that. Mm. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So there's an extremely long sword fight. It's okay. Around the room, on the table, in front of the people who are mesmerized. Oh, well, um, um, before the sword fight, she tries to mesmerize Kronos and he holds up his mirror blade. That's where the cover art comes from. He's holding the mirror blade in front of his eyes and she's like, I've just mesmerized myself. Yeah. She falls to the same fate as uh, Medusa. Yeah, basically. Who was that? Was that Perseus? No. Bill, who killed Medusa? Was that Perseus? I thought it was I couldn't tell. I never knew my Greek mythology very well. Oh, okay. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't think it was Perseus, though. Because he was on um, uh, the the ship, um, wasn't he? He was on... Um, never mind. The Fleegan learning. <laughs> Not Perseus. a history. Perseus. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I was wrong. Did he also kill the Minotaur? Uh, Who's got a really fucked up origin story? There wasn't. There's nothing about the Minotaur in this little blurb. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Anyway, so now there are four people who are mesmerized around the room, and (laughs) there's a sword fight going on on the table, which was making me nervous because it kept shifting on the floor, and I was like, one of these guys is gonna fall off, and they probably did while they were filming. (laughs) And then mid fight scene, the actors switch for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. And they're sword fighting around the kids and around Carla and <laughs> yeah, Jorgensen. No, um, um, Jansen, Jansen, Horst Jansen, Kronos gets disarmed, and he tries to grab another sword, but before he can, he hides behind Sarah. Yeah, and like swats the blade away. And I would like to point out the way, um, the uh, father, uh, Lord Derwood, Derwood, Derward, the way he disarmed. Uh, Kronos was pretty cool. Yeah. Kronos like made a lunge at him and he caught the blade like in between his arm and his side and then stuck his fingers around the hilt. Yeah, it was really cool. And just cool. like tucked yeah. it out of his hand. That, that was cool. He like caught it in his armpit area. It very much seems like he might actually be a better swordsman than Kronos. It kind of seems like it. So he yeah, gets... It- oh god. Go ahead. I was just going to say it seemed very much like an Errol Flynn Yes. You know, kind of... <laughs> You know, haberdashery. You know, fighting all over the tables, and you know. Yeah, it was it was definitely over the top and and 
this is kind of like the the macho fight scene where they 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 duel it out and you you kind of get the idea of of you know their their skills and they're they're testing each other and um and i'm i'm a sucker for choreography i love good choreography in a lot of movies and a lot of this fight scene had really good choreography where they they practiced a lot and then there were parts where they just had them roll around to to avoid getting hit so it seemed like there there were times where they had like probably a lot of training because they were moving really quick um, and they were matching blow for blow. And then there were points where it just kind of seemed like they freestyled. So it was weird. They threw these, these two elements together, but overall I really did like that fight. It was, it was a little bit like, you know, the movie flash, that fighting scene in flash Gordon. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah At yeah. the beginning, a little bit of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he grabs Lord Dorwood's dueling sword that he has mounted on the wall mm-hmm. and then stabs him with it. Because he's using the kids as uh, like makeshift uh, terrain, I guess, to fight around, <laughs> knowing that Durwood probably wouldn't harm his children. Okay, I was listening to the monkeys play music in my head for a minute. Did you guys talk about the fact that he managed to injure Lord Durwood with his sword no. and make him bleed? No. Okay. I guess we didn't. So that, hand, that's right? kind of important. Yeah, he cuts his hand and he's like, see, I can make you bleed. And then he gets the mounted one off the wall and... Uh, stabs him with it and Lord Durwood goes you can't hurt me <laughs> and then I forget I how father. he gets his sword back <laughs> he cuts Kronos twice he cuts his hand and then Kronos tries to grab his blade oh, which yeah. I mean if you're in a life or death situation go for it but oh my god but then all he does is just pull the sword yeah. out of his hands and it's like you idiot it's a sword <laughs> hand cuts make me uncomfortable oh, oh it's well so you bad. say you idiot but I wouldn't have made it five seconds into this sword fight well that's what I mean I would have yeah. been like clang clang <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're, we're, we're getting close to the Tom Brady-esque pass across the room <laughs> with the sword. Gross says, go long! <laughs> <laughs> go young Antonio Bryan, up you go! For a second, I thought that Gross was going to kill him himself, and yeah. I got so excited. It would have been kind of a fun moment. but And then he he's like, nope, I'm going to give the sword to you, and he gives it to Kronos, and Kronos... Just holds it straight out. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even need baby powder. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and oh, at some point he killed the wife. Oh, that was after. Oh. Yeah. She was all like, blah, 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 and he stabbed her through the dress. That took me seven years! <laughs> it's not that long. I, right? actually, I actually rewinded that scene like three or four times because it happened so quick. Yeah. yeah. It did. The slice, I was like, did he use his dick? What the fuck did he do? He <laughs> stabbed her. And then all of a sudden, the story, okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> well, and then they're laying there dead on the ground, and he takes this awesome sword that <laughs> Gross worked all night to make and just tosses it on their corpses. He does. Don't need this anymore. <laughs> you might run into more vampires that need steel cross stabbings. <laughs> I would assume when you find a weapon that works on a very specific type of vampire, you'd probably keep it. I, I wouldn't get rid of it. You yeah. at least put it up on like a plaque or something. Yeah. So like if you're ever being chased by a horde of vampires, you can start and be like, no, that didn't work. Next one. No, that didn't work. <laughs> Throw this at him. No, that didn't work. Uh... And, well, as soon as he stabs mother, the kids start going, oh my God, yeah. what's happening? And they're covered in blood and presumably vampire blood. So he should probably the, kill them too. Yep. I believe it was Lord Durward. It was one of the two. Whenever their throat got slit, they started bleeding like Adam's Family values style, where the kids are standing on the stage and like 
they're just squirting blood into the audience, and that's what happens. That that's what covers well, Paul. Was I the only one that thought that that Hagen resembled Steve Buscemi? Yeah, no, I did too. Mm. <laughs> was like, it was like his Steve uncle. <laughs> done i don't need you anymore by carla and he don't think of you forever and then <laughs> carla says wherever wherever there is evil to be fought i will think of you yeah so romantic Gee, thanks. and carla says and i you but the caption thought that she said adieu <laughs> and i thought that's what i was like did she just pronounce adieu 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 and vic had to be like yeah. no she she actually said and i you and i was like yeah. oh this is something something along the lines of uh on lonely nights i will think of you <laughs> and as he's riding away she's, and, I, you. and i will use the tip <laughs> <laughs> just the tip <laughs> uh... so yes <laughs> Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> but could could you not see this being a British film? You know, it, it, it could go from there to a very dirty film very, very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And they so. ride off into the non-sunset. Yes. He and Gross. Now, I, I did want to say that it's a film that you guys probably haven't seen. There's a Hammer film from 71, Ooh. which would have been in the same time frame, called Countess Dracula. Hmm. That had Ingrid Pitt in it. And it was very much similar in terms of a vampirist that wanted to continue to be youthful and killed, you know, young virgins to drink the blood and bathe in the blood to stay young. So that kind of theme of female vampires trying to stay young was used across the board a couple times. Hmm. There are actually rumors that there was a, I believe she was a Welsh Queen oh, I've heard this. Who supposedly did that, and that's where a lot of those stories have come <clears> from. <throat> yeah, is she... that like they they believed there? I don't know if it was true or not, but it was rumored that she once a a month would bring in like a virgin and drain them of their blood and then bathe in it. Yep, because she believed oh, that it count, counts as bathory. Yes, I've heard this as well. Um, Hasn't worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that brings us to the part where we go through and we talk about our favorite part. So, Bill, we'll start with you since it was your movie. The part that always stands out to me is the sword fight at the end. But having watched it for the third time in a while, I really like the scene at the bar where he uses his sword to kill all three men. That is a great scene, I find. It is. Okay. Um, My favorite part, they worked in some lore that I really liked and that was totally new to me. um, And I appreciated that a lot. I like whenever a movie can build on lore. Yeah. Max. My favorite parts were, um, as I I think I said before, like the way they cut certain things. Mm. Um, It's very uh, forward thinking for its time. Yeah. To have something clever like that in there. But like when Gross calls Kronos over and he gets over there so quick that like Carla's suspended in the air for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. 
I think that probably one of my favorite parts was the scene in the barn where they use the shadows to cover Carla. Yeah. Like, I... They used to do a lot of shadow work like that in in movies during this this time period. And usually, like, you know, shadows on the face, so you could only see the eyes and slightly at a diagonal across them and stuff like that. Um, and I... It just... They did an interesting thing with light, and I appreciate it. The other thing, the other thing I read about that scene, beside the tape that I talked about earlier, is again she didn't want to necessarily show everything. She used uh, skin-colored knickers, so, <laughs> so you you know it's the, the nude look without actually seeing what your eye thinks they're seeing. Hmm. Makes sense. Yep. This was, of course, before pasties were invented. <laughs> uh. All right, Bill, what was your least favorite part? My of least movie? favorite scene, you know, like there wasn't a lot that I disliked, you know, outwardly, but I really didn't like the scene in the bar previous where Ian Hendry and his buddy spit in a bucket at the barmaid. I thought that was really rude, you know? Yeah. Who, who, brought, who brought them up? A fine young lady trying to earn a wage, <laughs> a fair wage, and they're treating her like dirt. Like, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. All right, Vic. He deserves to get his throat slit. Oh. <laughs> uh, my least favorite part, shocking no one, was how often Chrono stabs the goddamn swords into the fucking ground. Like, Gross spends all night making this awesome sword for him, and he goes, yes, and then stabs it in the ground. And I wanted to slap him across the face. That was it. Um, My least favorite part, I think, was right after they freed Carla from the stocks, they stopped to go camping. Because they're not going to make it to town that night. And she's like, where am I supposed to sleep? And Gross is like, we only brought blankets for two. Good night. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that was a funny one. <laughs> now, is he supposed um, to imply that she has to find someone to sleep with? Or just literally find a spot to sleep? Right. They And then they panned over to the horses for a second. I thought she was going to take one of the blankets off of one of the horses. I thought so, too. She sleep. If they'll let you, go sleep with those horses, because you'll be plenty warm. Yeah. Um, my least favorite part, and this is going to sound really stupid, but it was the gravestone for Lord Durward with the big, ugly wreath that was very clearly made out of plastic leaves. Like, <laughs> it looked like the cheapest arrangement that you could send to a funeral home whenever somebody died. It was so <laughs> gross and ugly looking. And this family has money, and she obviously cares about her husband, and that's all that she's going to put on his grave. I don't, don't think so. Don't buy synthetic if you can afford it. <laughs> so, alright, uh, Bill, what is the scariest part for you? Um... I, I kind of had a tie. I had the giant bat attacking the woman in the forest, although mm. it was kind of funny too. So, I, <laughs> I, I I'll go with Doctor Marcus getting killed in the chair. Okay. Oh yeah, that was, that was yeah pretty gruesome. Um, that is actually also mine because the thought of having to kill one of your best friends, presumably is is his best friend. Um, Besides. Probably yes. And the, someone who he's and, and the fact that he's like Gumby, the guy won't die. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of hard too. Like he really tries to fight with him. He tries to convince him not to, and then he eventually says like, you know, you have to kill me, and he says so be it. Um, that that's really that's rough. My scariest part was when the dad of all the dead girls gets run over by the carriage. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything. No. Like, 
that would have happened whether they were vampires or not, apparently. And, uh, yeah, uh, he gets his arm severed and yeah. probably wasn't a great way to go. Poor guy was just walking home. Yeah. And then Kronos leans him up against the tree and then lets him slump over again yeah. to the... <laughs> you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Oh, he's not fine. <laughs> oh, no, that's not a shitty part. <laughs> Uh, I think that it's hard. There wasn't a lot that was scary for me about this movie, but I think that the thing that made me most uncomfortable is Carla being in the stocks in the middle of the woods by herself. Like, she wasn't near a village or anything. Like, what if something, like, a bear came up and started attacking her or something while she was stuck in that? I think that would just be part of her punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Someone would have come along and seen that and been like, that's God's will. What if her itchy like i just I, I think that's part of being in the stocks yeah. like you can't like itch yourself just you can't like you just go pee pee right where you are all right uh <laughs> overall rating mm-hmm. bill i give this an eight out of ten i enjoy this film i i hate the term guilty pleasure because if you like a film you like a film so i don't use that term i like the film right. eight out of ten it's one of those grab popcorn you don't gotta think and just watch Um, I actually enjoyed this um, quite a lot Uh, obviously I had some issues with it but overall I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10 because I enjoyed watching it Okay. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 hey Um, good man I may have converted someone (laughs) (laughs) you definitely did Um, I I had no idea what to expect coming into this Mm. film Uh, and then after I watched it I was like I mean there's some parts of it that are like hey it's okay but it, they had a lot of stuff that I think was really, um, I don't know what's the word, um, like ahead of its time. And I think whether some other movies realized it or not, it paved the way for a lot of stuff. And so, uh, would you say this is your best blind watch in a while? Yeah, I would say probably the best blind watch since Mama. Mm. Oh, because oh, I had never seen Mama. Yeah, mm. that's a good one. Yeah, Mama is such a good movie. It is. Uh, yeah, if this was a blind date, it would have been a good blind date. So I will give it an eight out of ten okay. um, because yeah. I also enjoyed it. Uh, there were parts to me that felt like who? Um, I've been sitting here trying to think of it for like the last five minutes, and I can't think of his name. Who did the like Young Frankenstein and Mel Brooks? Mel Brooks. Yes, there were some parts that felt Mel Brooksy about it. Um, That's good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, just kind of making light of, you know, the situation and mm. that kind of a thing. So, I appreciated it a lot. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Bill, uh, your scary rating. Horror rating. My yeah. horror, horror rating, I horror give it slightly rating. less. I give it a 7.5 because it was a little light in terms of the sheer horror, but it was some horrific situations and it was dark and am I the only one that made this observation but for a vampire film was 90% of it shot during the day in the light Mm. right I did think about that like most of these attacks happen during the day yeah Yeah. if not all of them other than when they went at night to the house and they had the sword fight etc almost all the action took place in, in daylight yeah like it's kind of like twenty eight yeah. days, twenty eight days of night, or whatever it is, thirty days of night. It's kind um, of like yeah. thirty yeah. days of night where it's all literally during the day. All right. Um, 
my horror rating for this. Um, so I'm actually going to go a little higher than what I was originally expecting whenever we started this movie. Uh, I'm going to go a six out of 10 um, because for a lot of those same reasons, um, the idea that the vampire was able to come out during the day because it was wearing super heavy robes. Um, that's really scary because the only thing you know about vampires is that you're safe during the day and you're not with this one. Um, and just some of the things that it could do and, and some of the ways that it, it um, attacked people is, is kind of horrifying. Like having, Everything that you have ahead of you in your life, all of the, all of the time you have, all the potential you have to accomplish things taken away from you is a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it seven out of ten. Um, I, I agree. Like for its age, you know, it had some scary moments, but like nothing that really scared the you know crap out of me. Yeah, but. Just like Bill and, and Victor said, like it was the stuff that they like violated the rules for. That kind of made it a lot scarier out during the day. Um, also, vampires aren't supposed to show up in mirrors, and it did show up in her mirror in the beginning, I think. It also showed up in the reflection on his sword. That was the whole point of oh, right. her yeah. being able Good to point. mesmerize herself. So, yeah, like they, they took everything people thought they knew about vampires, and they were like, ah, these are different. Right. Just like when 28 Days Later came out, and they were different zombies. Yeah. That movie messed me up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am going to give it a 4 out of 10 for my horror rating just because it's not super scary like for me it's not like vampire movies have never been scary for me though like no vampire movies so it's (laughs) maybe Salem's Lot maybe which you've never Um, seen I saw the end of it (laughs) (laughs) I saw the very end of it. Is the main character in that Father Callahan? Uh, I don't remember. Because it's a Stephen King thing, isn't it? It's a Stephen King thing, yeah. um, Because Father Callahan shows up in the Dark Tower series. And and he briefly mentions his experiences... In Salem's with Lot. Vamp- well, they don't, I don't think they call oh, okay. it Salem's Lot. But his experiences <laughs> it's it's with got vampires. a great scene with Fred Willard in Red Boxers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> now I'm second-guessing myself about... You, you know what? I'll always go with your gut. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. I am... Um, yeah, it's the, the Rob Lowe movie. It's a Rob Lowe movie. Rob Lowe. Um, Young Blood. He plays... Young Blood. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the main character. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it just... Like, vampire movies have never really been, like, a thing that have scared me. It's funny to me, like... <sighs> A lot of people over the past decade or so since, like, Twilight really became a thing. Like, I guess it was more like 15 years at this point. Like, ever since it became popular and a thing, like, everybody's like, oh my god, I'm so tired of vampires. Vampires are so played out. They've really been doing vampires for just way too long. And, like, but the thing is, is that they were mostly referring to new age vampires, like... Like, I I want want every millennial to watch Christopher Lee. Mm. Yes. I want every millennial to watch Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Bella Lugosi, you know, like the guys that could do it, Peter Langella. These guys could or Frank Langella, they could play a vampire. You know, they could play up the sexuality, they could play up the darkness, they could play up the scary. They're not sparkly. They're not there to go be the cool guy with his pack of they're there to do the job. Yeah. 
And I, I think I distinctly remember seeing a like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie with Christopher Lee in it too. Yeah, Christopher Lee's so diverse. I mean, he did a lot of schlock. Don't get me wrong, but he did. A, <laughs> but I mean, you had to get a paycheck. But a lot of times, yeah. he again, he would give it his all for whatever he was given. Yeah, you know, agreed. Fantastic so. individual. Now the Fantastic. other, the other thing I want to, the other thing I want to bring up is, I wouldn't call this a gateway horror because there is a little bit of blood, there is some boobs, there's the, but would, would this not be good to show a fourteen or fifteen year old? You know. Sit and, I, sit and watch this. Yeah, it depends on the 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 the, the kid. Yeah, but yes, I would yeah. say that this is a this is a, especially by today's standards, this is a pretty tame movie. Well, that's what um, I'm thinking. It's a 46, 47 year old film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, there I can think of movies that I've seen more recently that had a lot more racy scenes in it that were more suggestive. Um, maybe yeah. they didn't have quite as many uh, like a. a so many visually stunning scenes with women as scantily clad or not at all. But, um, but yeah, one of them had, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Caroline Monroe. Yeah. But no, I, I think I'd agree with that. I think it really depends on, on your relationship with that person. But yeah, um, like yeah, if, if your son or daughter was of sound mind and, you know, they're kind of wanted to do watch a, a horror film that wasn't from 1937 or something, you know, this would be a decent one to show them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also I want to watch uh, the Doctor Fibes movies because oh. both John Cater and Carolyn Monroe were in oh. were in those. She was um, Victoria Regina Fibes, and he was Superintendent. Yeah, wait, I, uh, was she in the original Doctor Fibes? I think so, but both of the Doctor Fibes movies I saw with her in it, she's uncredited. So okay, huh. all right, yeah, gotcha. And those Fibes- were what like five or six years before Chronos. Doctor Five? No, they would have been early seventies. Um, <laughs> Doctor Five's original. It's a fantastic. Movie. It really is. It's some fun kills. It's got a neat little concept to it. It's nineteen seventy-one. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that wasn't um, that long before. But, but I, I really swear to you guys, if you haven't seen mm-hmm. Theater of Blood, Vincent oh, Price is. It's almost an allegorical film, where he gets. Basically, he gets him. He kills himself, but he doesn't to get back at the critics that scorned his uh, acting while he was alive. And okay. it's kind of like when he in in real life, nobody gave him any credit for his acting because he was in these schlocky horrors. But the man really could act. So yeah. it's it, it's it's fun. Okay, you yeah. guys should really watch it. I I made a note of it. There I will definitely go. watch it. Yeah. All right, so. Bill, we really appreciate you recording with us tonight. Yeah, very much appreciate it. This was a ton of fun. I, appreciate- I was going to say, I appreciate you putting up with the wonkiness of I couldn't hook up with you and you couldn't hook up with me. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> it's fine. It, every single time, like, we try to do something over the internet, just everything goes to shit, and I don't know why that is, but... <sighs> Electrical signals travel at near the speed of light. <laughs> I don't understand this. Well, you, you know what it is? It's because the border's closed. And something happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So. Um, well, we were very honored to have you with us tonight. Yes. Well, the, yes. The, Again. The honor was all mine. I, I oh. contacted Kat because I listened to it. I liked it. You know, we just chit chat. And you guys are on the same wavelength. We love our movies. And I can honestly tell you, I've never done a podcast where I've gone into this much depth on one film. 
Really? So you guys, like, I've gotten lots where I've just dug on my own, but to actually break down scene by scene a 90-minute film, this was unique to me. So I really liked it. So if anybody wants to check me out, I'm on landofthecreeps.blogspot.com. I'm on phantomgalaxy.podbean.com. Check us out. We'd love to have you. I know that Kat's in there and you guys can come in too. And I will always promote and download your guys' podcast. You guys do an awesome job. Keep it up. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you very so much. much. We and we will continue to listen to Land of the Creeps and Phantom Galaxy. And I recommend everybody also do that too. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Um, all right. So for next week, we... I'm doing my part again. Is it for, Kitty's pick? It's my pick. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm doing my part for for all the slasher fans oh, out oh there. Oh boy, dear. We are going to watch Scream. Ooh. <laughs> the original Scream. <laughs> the original Scream. Was was that? Did uh, who was in that? That we all Jack Black. He was in that, wasn't he? No. No. Oh no, that's um, I know what you did last Matthew summer. Matthew Lillard, uh, Courtney Cox, Ooh. Neve Campbell. Ooh. And Skeet Ulrich. And oh, and um, a very, David Arquette. A very memorable five minutes of Drew Barrymore. Yep. Yes. Oh. Yes. Well, so, I'm sold. <laughs> um, we are going to watch the original Scream, and right. uh, you can find that as of this episode. Um, Jack Black was also in Jackal. He was. Uh, it is on HBO Max. You can also rent it for two ninety nine <laughs> from Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Prime. Nice. So, Google Play. That's my preferred platform. Um, but you can watch it for free on HBO Max if mm. you have a subscription to that. Because so. why not just add that to the pile of 200 other subscriptions? <sighs> yeah, <you have>. seriously. <laughs> All right. So I think that's everything that we have. Yes. Another thank you to the great Bill Van Vagel, and yes. we hope to have yes. you on here again sometime. Give Absolutely. me a shout anytime, as long as I'm not in the midst of watching 12 Godzillas or four King Kongs or, <laughs> or teaching students or <laughs> teaching students, marking, being a dad, watching imagine, March Madness, whatever. I imagine you watch so many movies that you just have a laptop playing under your desk. And you're like, yeah, so this happened in history at one point. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. quick, quick side story. I used to do, uh, I, I use an app called Letterboxd to keep track of all my films and I rate them as I watch them because I need a list. Because right. my daughter, when she was two, was learning to walk. I had a brilliant spreadsheet with ratings and years, and she stepped on the uh, stepped on the laptop and fried the hard drive. Oh, oh no. no! Yeah. So, boys and girls, if you're listening, keep your laptops anywhere, nowhere near the ground. If you have anybody <laughs> under the age of three, oh, in cloud storage, always back it up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good advice. That's really good advice. Yeah, because kids are adorable. Buy, they're buy destructive. That, buy that ten dollar stand that you can buy off Amazon and use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. This is it's been great, and we really love getting the feedback. If you would like to give us some feedback, or uh, maybe you have a, a recommendation, you can find us, uh, or you can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. We are also on uh, Patreon. We have some some rewards uh, on the way. We have some stuff there already, but we do have some more rewards coming. Um, you can also find us on YouTube now. On the YouTube. On, on the YouTube. The I think I only have two episodes up now because I'm lazy, but I will get them all up in the next couple <laughs> of weeks here. Um, and yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, definitely check out Phantom Galaxies and Land of the Creeps. Both are fantastic. And I am definitely going to go check out your uh, <laughs> your Godzilla Super Review because I am I am a hardcore Godzilla fan. Yes. Make, make sure you take a very long walk. 
Oh, I drive oh. like 300 miles a day. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I walk to relieve stress. So I, I walk about 13 to 40 miles a day. So, <laughs> like, you know, gives me a lot of time to listen to stuff. Because Max does walk 10. Oh, Max, where would you have died? Oh, where would Oh, you? shoot. I didn't even think about that. Um, unfortunately, I probably would have been the carriage death guy. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I would have just been That's walking right, through the woods like, oh, I just picked some nice flowers and I'm going to make some whatever later and it's all like, my daughters are dead i would have, I would have died Here with caroline in the barn <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go though right see i was gonna guess max that you would have been uh, a ginger beard only you wouldn't have backed down <laughs> that is true i would not have he would have had to kill me <laughs> i would have been one of kara's lackeys <laughs> the fat one Oh boy. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Goodbye.